Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to God Quest. I'm your host, Miles Young, and I am thrilled, pumped out of my mind to have a friend of mine with me, Pastor Jonathan Sanders from the metropolis of Kerman, California. It's great to be on God Quest and at the Rock Church tonight, Pastor. Man, I am so thrilled. We are just coming from a, a red-hot apostolic Pentecostal, one of those services Amen. where it just was there. Amen. It was there before I got here, that's for sure. <laughs> we are, as well as a number of other churches, I'm, I'm hearing reports of, uh, of churches and ministries, evangelists, that are stepping into, there's a, I don't know if you call it a new awakening because it's an old thing. It's been there. Right. I think, I think the, I think the issue has been us, uh, but <clears throat> I see some things happening uh, that are, that are very fresh yes. and that, that I, I, I see some new connections being made. You know, Amen. we're, we're recent friends. Uh, we've kind of run in circles where they, it's kind of been, you know, concentric circles of touch, but then right. God's brought us together and, and I look at what God is doing in Kerman, and it's amazing what God's doing there. But, but that's that's like one lane you're in. Yes, sir. You're you're you're, you're painting outside the lines, and I'm watching God use you. And uh, last last week on God Quest, we had uh, Pastor Todd Nichols, Bishop Nichols, who who is used of God in a very prophetic anointing. Yes. And I know you're very well of, uh, uh, aware of that. God's used you in, in, in many of those same ways at this church as well as other places. And I know that you and Brother Nichols have ministered together recently at Eureka, I think it was. Yes. So the, you're, you're in this zone we're in. What do you see, uh, maybe from your own perspective in your local church, but but it's bigger than that for you as well. Where, where do you see all of this right now in this season we're in? Well, I would say, uh, Brother Young, it seems that COVID was kind of a hinge okay. in time and uh, a turning, if you will. And in a post-COVID apostolic world, I think there's a rising cognizance of the fact that the fullness of apostolic ministry, and specifically I refer to Ephesians 4, the five-fold ministry, is not only optional or suggested, but it's required moving forward yeah. because the level of opposition that we're dealing with coupled together with the power of the promises that we're stepping into is only going to be moved forward with the perfecting of the saints and edification of the body, body of Christ as happens through the fullness of fivefold ministry. So I think that that part of it is timing. And as the coming of the Lord draws nearer, there is also going to be what I call uh, the twofold return. Okay. And that is an individual return and a collective ch uh, church body return. And so the individual return is the return of the individual back to Edenic relationship with God. It's Adam walking with God in the cool of the day. The relationship. Ra relationship. Okay. I believe that that is God's great last revelation to the church. It's wrapped up in his John 17 prayer, which are the last words of Jesus that we hear him pray before the cross. And so it's from the overflow of relationship that revival flows, which flows into the twofold return. The individual is the return to relationship in Eden, 
but the collective return is the return to acts in function, demonstration, flow, structure in the apostolic church collectively. And because of that, I believe that there's a rising curiosity for apostolic ministry. I like the way this stuff just flows out of you. Like my ADD kicks in and I'm getting all these, th mm -hmm. these different ideas that are just coming as you're talking to me. Yeah. I, I like... I like what you just brought out that there's the individual and then there's the corporate. Yes. And and I, I really believe that's I believe that's a very real thing. Amen. And I think what you just illuminated there is is revelatory. And I see God bringing a cohesion yes. of thought with people that are hungry, maybe for some, I, I'm not removing, I'm, try, I'm not trying to make everything new because this is not new, right? right? But I think there's a fresh, maybe that's a better way, a maybe not new, but a fresh wave yes. of apostolic power and anointing. I, I remember there used to be, uh, in, in certain circles, I'm sure there were exceptions, but I remember, and Brother Nichols, and we talked about it last week, there, there has been resistance. Mm-hmm. In years gone by, and still remains, I'm sure, yeah. to to these fivefold ministries, and, and he he brought out that he felt the reason was because of the the, the charlatans, right? The abuse. Or the people you mentioned it today, people that that right. had gifting but right. operated out of authority. Expound on the the role authority plays in this. Well, uh, I think that a, a good picture would be uh, the picture of a rifle. You have power, but you also have to have a channeling of energy. Okay. And so when you have a cartridge in that rifle, you have uh, the, the dynamic explosive power. If, if there's not a barrel, um, it may not go very far. The accuracy may not yeah. be there. And so it's apostolic authority, first of all, that channels power and keeps it within boundaries, but also a, a prophet must stay connected to an apostle, not only to pastor, teacher, evangelist, which we've kind of been operating a little bit with a withered hand in Pentecost. We've had yeah. three of the five, but we're seeing the unfolding of the withered hand. And the reason why a prophet should be attached to an apostle is because a prophet needs correction, perfection, and direction that comes from somebody who has an understanding of the prophetic. And an apostle also innately within his gifting and his calling is prophetic in nature. He's the one of the five that flows fluidly in all of those giftings according to mm. need uh, and the timing of God. And that, that apostle role I see, uh, I, I agree with what you just said because the role of the apostle, I, I can point to men, they didn't have cards printed and said, I'm apostle so-and-so. Right. But I look at the apostolic authority yes. they had. Yes. I've watched men on the foreign field. I've watched mm -hmm. people historically in the United States that went into an area. Right. And they, there was a spiritual dominion they had. Yes. That was an apostolic authority and that allowed the prophetic to speak and, and allowed the work of evangelism to be done. I think you're dead on. Uh, I, I really feel like the church is poised. I believe that. And I see a coming together that's crossing a lot of lines. We're in different organizations. Uh, 
but but I, I feel like the, the the more the more engaged in the fight right. of faith, yeah. we're watching. It's not so much about. It, it, okay, I'll, I'll use this. I grew up in the day where we would travel, and my dad would look for the Holiday Inn. Right. Okay. Or you know, back in the day, I'll I'll, I'll boggle the minds of young people. A Howard Johnson. Yes. I don't even right. think they exist yeah, anymore. I don't think but so. But people would they would schedule their trips based mm -hmm. off. Okay, there's a Howard Johnson's there. We can drive going across country. Well, my kids, they don't even think of like hotel right. branding. Right. Right. That's why the Airbnb, that's why the Turo, they're looking for a need to be met. Mm -hmm. I got five kids. I got, I, I can't make it with two double you know, beds. So yeah. they're looking for a need to be met. And as I look, the only way we're going to perfect the saints yes. is it's going to take not structures. And I'm not against structure. And I know yeah. we all have that. Right. But I think what we're talking about, the perfecting of the saints, it's not going to be done by systems. It's going to be done by the fivefold ministry. I believe that. And, and I look at what you've done coming in here tonight. You're a pastor, but there's a definite prophetic anointing. And I know we all have filled with the Holy Ghost. Right. But you addressed that tonight. So kind of elucidate that idea of the prophetic community, I think is how you described it versus the prophet. Okay. Let me just briefly tag into something that you said that kind of stirred something to my mind. Culturally, what we're seeing is feeding into the rise of um, people kind of crossing organizational mm -hmm. boundaries because culturally institutions are largely crumbling mm -hmm. and there's a dematerialization of institutions. Yeah. It's one of the marks of postmodernism. Or was it decentralization? They love it. Yeah, it, we have a decentralized future is what the crypto uh, <laughs> yeah. guys say. And so what is happening is now you don't go to Kmart, Walmart, you have it in your pocket. Yeah. You don't go to the mall, you have your friend group in your pocket. And so there's an open understanding that no longer is how we function narrowed to boxes or institutions, but there's much more of a willingness of a generation to go beyond the lines. And so we see that when there's more of a flow concept, apostolic ministry thrives in that flow mindset among younger people. And so the mindset of younger people is a fertile grounds right now for apostolic ministry Absolutely. to grow. And so when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, tagging into what you just said, you're filled with a prophetic spirit. The Holy Ghost is a prophetic spirit. Yeah. When an individual is filled with the Holy Ghost, I believe that within them is the potential to flow in all nine gifts of the Spirit according to hunger, desire, pictured as a river with nine potential streams flowing off. And when you That's covet, a great visual. covet the best gift, you begin to flow into those streams according to the timing of God. And so the potential for the gift of prophecy is within the believer that's Holy Ghost filled. And then there is also the prophet. And the prophet is not only the gift of prophecy that flows within the believer, but it is a man that is raised up to be a carrier of the word of God, to be an intercessor in a region. There's a locational element to a prophet, mm -hmm. just as there is to an apostle. This is why I think that they should be closely attached together. Makes sense. 
You see more localized apostles and more broadly used apostles world. You see the same with prophets that have microeconomic vision and macroeconomic vision. And so we're just all, we're, we're kind of defining a lot of these yeah. things right now in the apostolic movement. And it's going to raise up a generation of what I call spiritual natives. This is all they're going to know. It's like digital natives. My son yeah. is three and he knows how to swipe <laughs> on the iPad. And so what's going to happen when a generation rises that this is what they've always known? I think it's gonna be powerful. I think that's well said. I think there's a hunger in young people. Absolutely. I look, I know that the denominal world uh, in one of the doctoral classes that I was in, uh, in what we would call a denominal uh, university, yeah. uh, in, in my cohort, uh, there were four of us were apostolic. Every one of the non-apostolic churches that were represented in that class all expressed the frustration of what COVID had done yes. to their congregations. And I, I, I don't rejoice in that right. for anybody. And, and right. I know there's situations. But I have watched during the COVID crisis, and it was a crisis to the church. It was challenging. It, it yes. pushed me up against the wall. I'll just, I mean, I'll just tell you straight up. But I watch who thrived. Yes. The young people, it was like they were born for it. They thrived, yes. They thrived, yeah. and they came out on fire. Yeah. And I would say our church is stronger today because of their faith attack yeah. on what they were encountering. Absolutely. So for where I'm sitting, this, this dimension we're pressing into, I, I think the timing, I like you, you mentioned that a while ago. Uh, what is it in, in Titus? Paul is writing to, to Titus, and he, he talks about the, the, the preaching was manifested. There was, there was yes. this, it, it, God was going to man himself through the preaching. And uh, one translation says, at the proper time. And then it talks about he, Paul said. Yeah. So I think we're at a proper time. It's I think Kairos things, time. yeah, I like it. Yeah. Talk about that. Uh, well, the two Greek words for time. Uh, I think Paul says somewhere in Thessalonians of the times and seasons. Mm -hmm. I have no need to write you. And the two Greek words there are chronos, where we get chronometer, which is a watch, chronology, chronological, chronic. Like linear. It's linear. Yeah. It's walking down a timeline. And then there's kairos. That is a fullness of time moment. And so where we are right now, it, it goes back to that word I used in the beginning. It's a turning. It's a fullness of time moment. Okay. And so we have all of the confluence of history leading up to this moment when there truly is what I believe we're starting to see the outer edges of the manifestation of the sons of God. Mm -hmm. Romans 8, 14 says, as many as are led by the spirit, these yeah. are the sons of God. And so this spirit led uh, consciousness that's rising in the church is leading us to that final manifestation of the church in the end time, I believe. I think and feel this in my own life. I see it evident in the lives of, of ministers that I'm connected to. There's, a, there's an awakening yes. in me and in them. I see it in you. I think, especially every young pastor that's trying, okay, what yes. I, how do I attack this new world? How do, mm -hmm. 
I think this realm of the fivefold ministry, mm-hmm. we don't need to be afraid of it. We don't need to be it's afraid not, of it. It doesn't have to be spooky, ladder rain, all this. It, it, it's, yeah. it, it's for the perfecting of the saints. Yeah. And don't be afraid to allow the Spirit to get in our minds and Absolutely. hearts. I mean, th- this is what we're supposed to be. And it should not be strange to us. Absolutely. It, it seems that in this grasp to try to figure out what we're walking into, I know organizationally we've seen some attempts to define each. And if we're not careful, we'll allow ourselves to box each in. And so one perspective of fivefold ministry could be five flow ministry. And those of us who are apostolic ministry, we have a dominant flow and we have less dominant flows. We understand an apostle has a strong flow in all five. A prophet has a strong flow and he may never pastor. But it's not as clear cut and cookie cutter as sometimes we try to make it out to be. And and, uh, these things cross over from time to time. Pastors to do the work of an evangelist. Absolutely. And I think that we're going back to figuring out what that is. For example, in our evangelistic uh, paradigm today, we believe it's uh, generally what we've always talked about is a traveling preacher that declared the gospel. Uh, The word evangelist is used three times in the New Testament. The first time it's, or one time it's used in concept in Ephesians 4. Mm -hmm. It's also used within, it's couched in the work of a pastor to do the work of an evangelist, which is teaching and proclaiming the gospel and teaching others how to do so and obedience to the gospel. And then we see Philip the evangelist, and he's not called an evangelist until we see him basing out of his house. And so the the itinerant nature of ministry, largely in the context of the New Testament church, is not what we currently call an evangelist. An evangelist was largely local, though we do know that Philip did travel heralding the gospel at a season of life. But apostles are itinerant. You see Paul's missionary journeys. And prophets are itinerant from Old Testament into New. Samuel every year traveled in a circuit. And so we're seeing a redefinition of itinerant ministry. And we found our prophets among the evangelists. (laughs) And we're starting to find some of our apostles that have been hiding among the prophets. There we go. I think this is a beautiful picture of where we're going. I think there's, as we've been referring to, an awakening. Yes. That our minds are being expanded, our spirits are being opened, there's a new hunger. And when you're hungry and you're thirsty, you're going to get filled. It's a promise. And so I I appreciate the work of ministry that you are allowing God to flow through you. It's a blessing to the body as a pastor and a recipient of that. I want to say thank you. And to every evangelist, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher out there. We need you. The church needs you. Without you, we can't be perfected. And as a pastor, I need these other giftings working in and through our church. That's what God Quest is about, is, is searching the deeper things, finding where God is working, how he's working, what's our role in it. So I thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned. We got more stuff to come. Thank you for being with us on God Quest. 